Revelo Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 56 of the Level Up Latina podcast, and today we are going to be talking about what does wealth look like for women or in particular, Latina women. So I'm glad to have my co-host with me again. Aquí, mi querida Irene y Cecilia. ¿Cómo se encuentran, muchachas? Hola, hola. Excelente. Women mm-hmm. and wealth. Love it. Women and wealth. It's a good topic to cover. We need to have a clear sense of what wealth means to us or what it really looks like. It's like when you ask someone, what does success mean to you? What does success look like? And we think of things automatically our mind goes to things wealth it seems like something related or associated with tangible things the car you drive the brands you wear what can you show for it and I know for me in particular uh, my mom constantly or very often asked me como que trabajas tanto you work so hard and you have nothing to show for it and it seems like we need to somehow, you know, show what we have and why we're working so hard. And it's like, okay, for me, I drove an old car for a long time and it wasn't even a car I bought. It was a car my dad gave me. It was a van. And then from there, it was more of a, I didn't never, I had not bought a car because my job provided a vehicle for me. And then after that, I didn't, I didn't have my hair done constantly. I didn't have my nails done. I didn't look like I had money. Or I was making any money. So I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, ¿qué estás pensando? But it's always like in the back of our minds, like if we're working so hard, what are we working toward? And I feel that for a lot of us Latinas, it's, it's got to be tangible. Like your parents have to see it. We're trying to live a dream that was created for us. And our parents, they come here with an idea of wanting to live a better life. And it really depends what they instill in you. And for me, what I picked up from my parents, it wasn't that material things were that important for me. I felt like we we didn't have a lot growing up because we weren't rich. We didn't have money. I mean, I realized we were poor when I got to Santa Barbara, when I was like, oh, my God, when I got to college. And I was like, what is going on? Everyone has all this stuff, and I've never experienced this. And that's when I really noticed and realized that we were in middle class. We were poor. We were in lower class. At the same time, I'm like, they helped me understand that really in life, the material things won't matter. So I was never, I was kind of glad that I knew that in advance or I had that understanding that I didn't want to have the, you know, the coach bag, the Burberry, this, the Prada, that. And we got a big stamp of that. We got to see it firsthand in Santa Barbara when we try to go shopping for stuff. It was all high end and we didn't have money for that. We were barely on financial aid. How can we go afford Gucci, Prada, all of the, those name brands are high end brands. Um, unless you were one of our very cool friends who we were like, damn girl, let's buy your shit. But where she was, I was too chunky. But anyway, (laughs) it really depends on how you grew up. I agree that it's like our upbringing defines what wealth is in a lot of ways. And our parents don't necessarily think it's things, but in some ways I do think my mom personally did think it was things because it was like a status thing. It was like owning a home was very important and that was a symbol of wealth. And my mom did want me to drive a fancy car. She didn't necessarily drive fancy cars and she couldn't afford maybe a new car for many years. And eventually she did buy a new car and it was the American dream. 
for a Latina woman was to suddenly own a car, to suddenly own a home. And I'm like so impressed and proud of my mom and not being materialistic, but investing in wise things. I think there's a good lesson there in what's investing and what's having material outward things like I don't know, we said bags or glasses or whatever. And I think, Ceci, you're going to touch on that. And funny enough, Ceci, I see in your notes, because we can see each other's notes, you wrote what, what Beta was saying about expensive things is maybe wealth for women or the outward appearance. But you also wrote, and I wrote it over here, health as well. And as you get older and as you get stronger, you start to really rely less on what things are that are outward, but what things are that are inward and not the things that you buy but what you put into your body, into your soul as a human and your kindness and just being healthy as you get older for women, we may not know that when we're in our 20s. We may not even know that when we're in our 30s, but your health becomes your biggest wealth. And I know you're going to talk about it, so I'm going to let you expand on it, Ceci, because I see we literally wrote the same thing. But for me, my mom also defined wealth as men provide and women provide. You're not going to be providing for the man. You both have to provide equally and you both have to be really strong in a household. But then she would say the thing about but secretly you should save your money and secretly you should do your own thing. And secretly a woman's got to be ready to stand on her own. And I really appreciate those lessons from my mom that she was about investing and saving. And just today she was talking to me about saving, but she was also about independence. And I don't know for all Latina women, if that's the case. And I do, I hope we can break the legacy and dependence on men or the expectation that men have to do for us. And maybe we're older and our generation has changed and it's not so much like that. But growing up, I felt there was this expectation to defer to the men to help acquire wealth or to even give your wealth up to men. My mom would always say, never give your paycheck over to a man. Tú puedes administrar tu dinero solita. You can manage your own dollars. And I wanted to say that as a tip today to manage your money and hold your money and take care of your money. And that builds wealth. And whether that's you investing, whether that's you saving, whether that's you paying down debt. And we talk about this with our clients all the time as you acquire wealth, because there's no excuse. You should all acquire wealth, whatever that may be. If it's investing, if it's saving, if it's owning a home, whatever it is to you that you're working towards it, even if you're misunderstood while you're working towards it. All of us define wealth as different things. I define wealth as experiences that I have or travel to me as wealth. If you know me, you know I invest a lot in traveling and that can be criticized. It's something my mom doesn't understand. She doesn't see as valuable. She doesn't see as saving. It's the opposite of saving if you're spending to travel. But stay misunderstood. That's the biggest tip. Do what's best for you as long as you're acquiring something. I do not mean by any means stay misunderstood and max out your credit card. Stay misunderstood and buy the expensive bags and how that looks. That's not our message today. Our message is that wealth looks different for everybody, but overall, we hope that it's a message of having more than your parents did, perhaps. Investing in something that your parents never could invest in. Doing something on your own, not depending on a man. And while you're doing that, staying misunderstood because it's so easy to want to spend all your money on going out. It's so easy to want to spend all your money on doing the fancy thing and going to Coachella every year and not to knock anybody who does. But if you're not acquiring, saving, owning something that's yours, it's wasteful and it doesn't become wealth. It's more wasteful. So I know I said a mouthful, but I wanted to get all my points in so that we could pass it over to Ceci, who had some of my similar points. I think for me, growing up, my parents purchased a home, you know, early on. So to me, growing up, owning a home was wealth. Having that property was wealth. And it wasn't just like the, the you know, the my dad providing. It was b both my mom and my dad because both my dad and my mom worked and they purchased their home when I was five. So to me, I felt like that was early on in their marriage. 
And they both provided up until when I was around 10, when my dad suffered a personal injury, where my dad was no longer able to work. My mom sometimes worked like double shifts in order to pay the mortgage, and they had to refinance. At that point, we fell behind on payments. My mom had to use credit cards and whatnot. So by the time I got to college, my parents weren't making that much. And in fact, it helped me because graduated not owing anything from college because I was paid with, nice. yeah, like call it UCSB, like grants. I got full ride with grants and scholarships. So I graduated not owing anything, but much like Vero, when we arrived and you too, Irene, we saw all these brands, like we would go down to state street and we saw all these brands. I had never heard of, I don't know, Gucci, Prada, all those brands. So Unfortunately for me, I saw that and I wanted to have that. Like I was in Santa Barbara. It was a rich town. I wanted to own some of those things, even though I knew, like I knew deep down inside that I wasn't part of that upper class, middle class. I knew at that point that, you know, my parents were poor, we were poor, but I wanted to have, you know, those expensive things. So I started spending money which I shouldn't have, like I should have, I, I, I had that extra grant money. So I started spending money in that regard, que, que lentes, que zapatos with brands. And, and now that I look back at it, I was like, well, you know, like you live and you learn because that's what wealth looked like for me at that age, like a young 19 year old, 20 year old is having those expensive things, the latest sunglasses and just having that. And I think it continued on even, you know, when I first started working at my former firm as a legal assistant, like I wanted to make money and travel and buy a car. Like I bought like a new Volvo. I didn't need a new Volvo, but I wanted to have like my nice flashy car. I paid for it. And now looking back, it wasn't about that. It was, it it shouldn't have been about that. I should have invested that money elsewhere. And it's funny because now, like Irene pointed out, now I think health is wealth. Like we're not able to enjoy certain things if if we're not healthy, if we're not taking care of ourselves first. And I think the way that I experience that now is I want to be healthy. I want my family to be healthy, my kids to be he- be healthy. So we, I tried to incorporate physical activity. I tried to maintain a healthy diet, you know, okay, vegetables. It also helps that. My husband uh, has taught me a lot during the last five years. But at the end of the day, I want us to be healthy because I want us to enjoy our future together. I want us to enjoy trips when we're able to take those trips. And we're not able to take those trips if we're not healthy. Also, um, maintaining like healthy finances, like making sure we have a certain amount in our savings always, all the time, and that we're not living paycheck to paycheck because I, I remember my parents lived that way for a very long time, pay to, paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't want us or I don't want us to ever get there and be like, oh, my God, I ahorita no me alcanza para esto, que para la luz. And I saw my parents struggle that way. So to me now, it's like, OK, I know that we ha- we're good because we have a certain amount in our savings account and we don't touch it. We try not to touch it and always, you know, we're always putting in, in and not taking any out. And, you know, only ob- obviously like vacation when we do take those trips. So it's, fu- it's just funny to think like 
you know, throughout the years, how your mentality changes as you're growing, as you're starting a family thing, your mentality, how you see wealth, it, it definitely has changed. That's our point that we as Latina women, it pro- we probably had to live it, go through it. There, were, mm-hmm. there wasn't. They leveled up Latinas to tell us necessarily. Our parents did the best they could. My mom gave me the messages that she could, whether directly or indirectly. All of our parents clearly as homeowners gave us that message that homeownership was some form of wealth. But as we're growing up, we do see, and there's nothing bad with having designer things. And then we did see, wow, it's nice to have those designer things. Then you kind of go through this journey of spending money on those things. And while it's great, because there's nothing bad about it, you grow to learn what you just said, Ceci, that it has to be a give and a take. You can have those nice things, but what are you putting away? Are you investing in your body, your mindset, and who you are as a person? Are you investing in things that can go a really long way that others may not see, like having no debt? Like you not having debt from college, that's freaking incredible. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily the journey of many Latina women. We got to go to school at all costs and take on debt at all costs. We're trying to break the mold and go to college and be the first. Our parents don't have the wealth to pay for it. What does wealth look like for Latinas? Most of us start college with hella debt. And we have to navigate that. And while you're at the same time trying to have nice things, you know, you can't reconcile that you can't do it all. So that's really my point in staying misunderstood. Go through that journey, have those moments. But at some point we all learn, okay, we got to save. We have to have debt that's under control. We have to have things. We want to have a home. We want to have things that matter to us. We want to have enough money to travel and and do these really great things in our lives. And you can have it all, but you got to be patient, boy. And you got to go through those years of maybe being a little malgastada Or those years of maybe not having great credit, for instance. But you can't have that forever. As a Latina trying to break the mold, we're trying to get beyond women. We're going to have to take control and be the business owner, be the homeowner, be the investor, be an investor. That's a big leap for Latina women, I think. Great points because reality is if you're not aware, it will take a toll on you eventually. When you're young, you're you're living life right now. So if you're young right now and you're listening to our podcast and you're like, oh, you know, I could spend on whatever I want. No, that's great. Spend on whatever you want. Good thing you don't have those responsibilities. But think of what you want, where you want to be in those in the next five years, 10 years. And wealth doesn't just happen from one day to the next. It's accumulated. So right now, I think with our parents, they were on to the right track. They were on the right track in the sense of teaching us not having to live to that paycheck to paycheck, not having to live and work two to three jobs, not trying to, you know, now it's like what wealth looks like is a healthy lifestyle where you're able to teach your kids, hey, it's important to do physical activity. It's important to eat well. It's important to do all these things. But at the same time, when you buy a home, understand that your your home, you know, sometimes you have, I don't know if you guys have ever heard, um, you're the term house rich, but you li- you live poor. So you you might have this Cash great house. Cash Cash poor. Poor. There you go. So our parents were on the right track. They, it's like why, you know, there's, I think people are talking about it a lot right now too, because in the present climate we're in, the, like white people, right? Caucasians or white people have had the ability to build and accumulate wealth generationally. And this is something that's new to us. So we need to understand that when our parents bought a home, that was something new. Latinos, brown people, people of color, like none of us, like we couldn't, you know, we were not buying homes before. And our parents took that first step. And by they them were the doing first that, Latinos buying the houses. Yeah, like, girl, you know we were like, all the white people moved out now the white people moving back see we're, we're the original original gentrifiers okay latinos the brown people we came into <laughs> the black neighborhoods and we're like ¿Qué onda, compadres? what's up amigos you know like and we were down <laughs> we were down to be homies with them we're like all right we're gonna be your neighbors now 
So in the sense, it's like, I invite you to the carne asada y tú me invitas to the cookout, you know, kind of deal. For but real. we need to understand that it's not just buying the house. It's understanding how that can work for you. And I, I know our parents were like, pay off your home. And then you're sitting on your house and you're like, well, what can I do? You know, what what can I do with this now? And it's starting to become more informed and, and understand the how, how things work. So our parents were on the right track in that sense. And when it comes to what we envision as wealth, I think it's being able to comfortably live our life doing what we want to do, not what we need to do, but the things we want to do. And in this case, for some of us, like Irene, you said travel, Ceci también, taking those vacations, because it's important in the sense what you guys are saying is that you want to create these memories with your kids, with your family, so they can have back and maybe it's not something they can hold, but they cherish it right here in, the, in their heart for me. With my family, we didn't have much. We didn't, you know, our trips, our vacations were to the rancho. And I love those moments because it was a way of getting out of this big city. And it really felt like we were going out to venture into this new world. And it was where my parents came from. They didn't run from it, but they left this to go to something better. But I always come back to this place. And it's a great reminder. And those are the things I cherish. I'm like, I'm glad I got to see where they came from and understand why they push so hard for us to want to want more. And it's okay, but it's not in the sense of wanting more where you're in debt. Not all debt is bad. We need some debt. So be smart about it too. Now, but at the same time, it's like you have to be like, okay, now what is it that I do want and I want to work towards it? And I think for now, we want the time. When you really have time, you can then invest in the things you care about, invest your time in things you care about, invest your money in things you care about. And it all just, you know, it, it does happen and, it, and you acquire that idea and that knowledge with experiences, from being dead broke and spending on the things that you probably shouldn't have or, you know, buying that car you shouldn't have or going on that one trip that maybe you could have just stayed home. But it's like you learn, you live and you learn and you start quite, you start getting wiser. You know, we get older and that's why they say you're older, you should be wiser. Well, some of us, not tanto, but others, you know, we, we get on it and we get the point. We're like, all right, I should be doing this now. The living the paycheck to paycheck, the working the multiple jobs, you know, if you're doing that now, that's okay. Power to you. Hustle. Do the hard work. Sometimes start. You got to start somewhere. But just remember that you always have to keep in the back of your mind that you have to put something away for the future because you don't want to have to be worrying about the tomorrow every time, every time. Live the present to the fullest and work as hard as you can and, and do what you can. Always have an eye on the future. Have a goal. And if your wealth looks like you want that time and that freedom, make sure that you're working towards that and always learning. I wanted to touch on that freedom part that it's our responsibility because we're all three saying that our parents, damn, they were badasses, first of all, because they had to leave their countries, go to a place where they didn't know the language, live in neighborhoods where nobody looked like them. I mean, my goodness, right? They were building and that said they probably didn't even know like those were the baby steps to changing their generation and the generations to come. Now we have to go to the next level and our mm -hmm. next level is we get to go to college we got to learn these things that wealth means a lot of different things, but ultimately it should mean not living paycheck to paycheck and not giving up all your time. Just like health is wealth, time is wealth. So mm -hmm. to climb the corporate ladder, not to then work your ass off at the top, but to be able to have more time. For me, I know that I, I didn't even realize it was happening, but I gave a lot of hard work to the last 10 years of my career. It was flexible to a point. And at some points, I was not making as much money as I wanted to, but I put the hustle and the grind in. 
And it paid off because now I make the money that I feel like I deserve to make. I have the position that I want to have because the position has given me time. And that is wealth. Because when you have to hustle and grind and have two or three jobs, and granted, our parents needed to do it. And I love them. They started where they were. But I have a responsibility to my mom to now do just as much as she did, if not more, with less grind, if that makes sense. Less mm-hmm. time, like yeah. less somebody having their Working finger smarter. on you, yeah. Right? So Ceci becomes a freaking attorney. <laughs> like the level of ladders and the mobility and what you change, Ceci, for your family because you're now the big shot attorney, right? And it became like our families worked so hard. My mom estaba limpiando casas. I mean, she it was amazing. It was incredible. And at one point, she's working in a factory and limpiando casas. And at some point, I think she was like babysitting. Hustle and hustle and hustle to build her level of wealth and comfortableness, mm-hmm. lifestyle. And I owe it to her to now have an even better life and take it to the next level and, and pay my dues, sure, but then free up my time. So as Latinas, I'm really proud of Level of Latina because the three of us have a great story about we are not preaching to the choir. We're hopefully preaching to women that can learn and level up and grow and learn from our mistakes, but also be the next wave, the next wave of women that took our families to the next level because we are entrepreneurs, investors, understand debt, go for the high level career. We're the boss. Becoming the boss is a different level of wealth. Status is wealth. How people see you is wealth. If my daughter could see a bunch of Latinas in all these key roles as the leaders, what, what can she achieve? right? Because there's such a disparity of her not being in that place. But because like Vero said earlier, our generations weren't this. We didn't have our parents' money to buy our first home. We didn't have our parents' money to buy our college education and pay that off or to have a legacy at USC or wherever, right? But now we get to be that. We get to be those Latinas that create the legacy. We get to be the ones that I look at Isaiah and I think, Isaiah, like, I hope UCSB is a fallback school for you. Like, I'm not going to tell him that. But deep in my heart, deep in my heart, If he goes to Cal Poly, slow. And if he goes to UCSB, I love it. I'll be super proud of him. I will love everything about it. But I'll feel like that was his fallback school. Because I do want my child to aim for higher. But I would never put that direct pressure. I'm going to manipulate that somehow. Mm -hmm. But he should (laughs) aim higher. Like, he should go do something But you give him him that. You give him the support. You give him the idea that, you know, have them feel comfortable and know that they are able to aim for that much higher. And even if they don't go to where the Harvard, you're helping the bar, them right? grow. Yeah, you yeah. get the bar in the way that you treat them and the way you talk to them and the way that you help support them as a little individual that gives them that confidence to be like, I can go anywhere. Yeah, I can and apply I, there. And I yeah. am smart and I'm going to apply there mm-hmm. and I'm not going to just, you know, be afraid and not even apply. No, I'm going to apply. And if I get in, great. And if I don't, I'm still going to go to school. I'm still smart. I can still do it. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things where there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to put the pressure on like that, but you give them the 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 support to give them that confidence and boost yeah. them and raise that bar in that way without just that feeling of pressure. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's definitely level. Next, yeah. I was going to say that it's the the way of leveling up the next generation. Our parents, you know, set the the ste- the first stepping stone. Like, llegaron aquí a este país, compraron sus casas, and then gave us opportunities. We are, you know, like you said, going to UCSB, and we definitely want our children to go to better schools, go to uh, Ivy League schools, if possible, if that's in their nature. But also because we're giving them that experience. Irene, you took Isaiah to the East Coast. You guys were able to see that part of the country. So he's already exposed to those schools, learning about those schools, knowing like, hey, you know what, I can apply there. I and you're putting them into we're putting them into better schools than schools that we went to. So they already have like the next stepping stone for them to achieve that, 
you know, and get there. And then also the the possibility of the careers, the career mm-hmm. options. Now it's not just certain careers, but we're exposed as well. So we're like, hey, why don't you decide to go into engineering? Why don't you decide to go into the, you know, this, the sciences? It's all the stuff we're exposed to. It's like, I think I've mentioned before, when we were in college, our parents were just telling us, go to school, go to school, go to school. And then we're there and we're lost. We're like, get chingados hago. Like, what am I doing? What class Everybody's a social major. What do I major? I, me too. That was me, right? Social, uh, a social major with Chicano studies. And like, <laughs> You know, and it's totally fine. Like I ended up being, I went from psychology to no, biopsych to psych to sociology. That's fine. But at the same time, I was like, well, I don't know. What am I going to be? Who am I going to be? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? But now we can kind of guide them. It's like, you know what? There's all these other careers. You don't necessarily have to be the teacher, the doctor, the lawyer. You can be an engineer. You can be this. You can be that. So we, it's, it's now that we've been exposed, we can expose our children or, you know, if we don't have kids, your sobrinos, your sobrinas, whomever it is, you 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 are that support system for them. Be like, hey, your parents probably won't tell it to you like this. So let me tell you. So that's okay. If you're the tia or the, you know, or the tío and you're the one providing that advice, those are to the younger ones, go for it. You know, you don't necessarily have to be a parent, but if you're a person that can provide that support and that guidance and you have, you know, you have some knowledge to share, share it with them. And it's okay. I feel like I'd be okay with it. Knowledge. Is yeah. Well. Knowledge you is now well. No more. You yeah. know more than your ancestors. And it's your job to expand that example and give that knowledge to the ones after you and mm-hmm. do right by Latino communities. Like women, we need to be the owners of the wealth. We they say a lot right now with the Black Lives Matter movement about how we're bringing African-Americans to the table, but it's still a white table that is controlled by white people and they're like injecting diversity and that's still manipulated by the white agenda. And a lot of us as Latinos are kind of there. We're just kind of happy to be there. It's like, whoa, I'm in this boardroom. I'm the only Latina cool. But now it's like my job to bring more Latinas to the table. <laughs> yes. You have the knowledge. You need to give the knowledge back. Like we're so blessed because we get to be coaches. But I also always say yes to anybody that wants to have a conversation about anything. Will you do this for me? Because I'm in a class and I need to know about nonprofits. Sure. Will you talk to me? Because I'm starting my own nonprofit. Sure. Will you talk to me? Because I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to have another baby and they're really close together. I know you did that. Now they're older. I will coach anybody who wants to be coached because it's like our job to give back. And when you're Latinas, even more knowledge as well. And if you're a Latina that doesn't look Latina and people don't think you're Latina, girl, you better speak up. And you're over there (laughs) at the table with your hands folded like, yes, or just take your notes. You better speak up, homegirl, because I'm sorry, like, no, it is your job to speak up. Don't just, you know, take it on your own and, and have that success for yourself. You do not be, do not be one of those people. Please, no seas mamona, wey. Más bien, no seas mamona. Then just, and really take a deep look inside yourself and be like, what, how did you get there? How did you get there with whose hard work? And now just know how, maybe it was a little bit easier for you because you didn't look Latina. But at the same time, it's like, you know that someone, someone in your family must have put in that hard work to get you to where you are. So think back, reflect on that. And then at that point, you should be like, you know what, maybe I should, I should scoot over and open up this, you know, make sure there's more room for one more chair up in here for someone that looks, maybe doesn't look like me, but it's Latina or a person of color, because we need to speak up, speak up, speak up when we, you know, when we have been given that chance or Or that opportunity. Your your accent came in. 
It sure yeah. did. You could no, think I just, I just crossed the border. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you said, Ceci, that what you did at the firm was you even introduced your culture to the firm. Oh, yeah. So maybe yeah, you didn't have the control, right? You maybe didn't have the control to, mm-hmm. I don't know, get like an, under the next intern that happened to be a Latina. And if you could, then I hope that you would. Mm-hmm. But your way of infusing in a white culture something different was suddenly they're celebrating the Los Muertos. Like, thank you. Be proud. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, that's our responsibility to leave our print make places better, don't hide from our culture, our upbringing. And I mean, your hard work speaks for itself, but just you bring in your culture is like next level, Ceci. Yeah, I mean, even if it was just, I think I I, I want to say that I did play a part in trying to get more Latinos at, at the firm. I want to say I was one of the first two, I think, uh, from, well, the time that I was there, uh, first Latina. And then we started slowly but surely bringing in more Latinas to work as legal assistants first. And I was the first, and I still was, still have been the only Latina lawyer at the firm, but, you know, having more, more attorneys that spoke Spanish, having more legal assistants that were speaking Spanish, fluent Spanish, helping the clients and, you know, bringing the culture in and just making it okay. I, my formal legal assistant, she's not at the firm anymore. She's studying for the LSAT, but she was, you know, she was looking to start law school and start the process and whatnot. So I would always open the door for her like, Hey, if you want to chat, lo que sea, vente, we'll chat. And because I know it's not easy and I've been there. So come in, let's chat. I helped her write an essay or I helped her edit an essay that she was going to submit for a scholarship to pay for her LSAT course. So, and she ended up getting it. So I just, I love seeing that. And, you know, like Silvia, our guest said, you've been through that door and hold the door open for that next person, next, next Latina. I love that. That's sharing the wealth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andale. Sí. Sharing the wealth for sure. I know we discussed a lot of what wealth looks like and we talked about designer bags, we talked about properties and cars and this, that, and the other. Is there any other thing besides the freedom? We talked about freedom. Knowledge is wealth. How do you describe or how do you picture the paint the picture of wealth to your children? How will you pass that on? That is a great, great question. I was talking to Diego about this the other day and I just thought that kids pick things up often by what they're watching. So we were laughing that hopefully for our son, because my husband grew up in a situation where he was very poor and he didn't realize that he was very happy, but they only ate at fast food restaurants. And as he got older, he realized that maybe it was because his parents assumed that something like a Chili's was expensive, right? Something that appears to be a sit down service is expensive. So he's like, we just went to one of two things. It was either, I think he said Burger King or Jack in the Box, like two random places. And he's like, in our whole lives, in our whole lives, in our whole lives. And he's like, and then suddenly one day, I remember feeling really uncomfortable at a sit-down restaurant. He's like, in fact, you and your college friends, which college does that. For me, I became so worldly in a way because of my college friends. Lisette's brother had been to a thousand Mm -hmm. other fancy restaurants than we had ever been to. And he was an extension of us. And he took us to fancy restaurants. And Nadia loved fancy things. She grew up in Orange County, our roommate in college. And so she's taking me to a sushi bar and she's sitting us at the sushi bar. What did I know about sushi, right? So I didn't realize that I exposed Diego to those things. So our conversation was that our kids will start to learn what is comfortable and what is normal to them. And for our kids, they're not going to think twice about going to Chili's. 
They're not even going to think twice about going to, I took Isaiah to a really fancy steakhouse. And I thought I want to do that more often because it was a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. He was even wearing a sweatshirt. I thought he'd be uncomfortable. But I thought, Vettel, he also needs to be really comfortable in these spaces. Like he needs mm-hmm. to watch his mom have a glass of wine and the waiter treat me like, you know, they kiss your ass at these places. And they're like cleaning up the crumbs from your white tablecloth. You know, so I yeah. want them to be exposed <laughs> and to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I think we had decided with Diego, more than anything, is just exposing them. We don't have to be like these uppity people that have nice things. We've never been that. I think we're pretty humble and we have a very humble home, but we want them to feel comfortable and that they appreciated having a backyard. They appreciated going to Chili's. They appreciated their parents took them to their little old colleges. Like we want them to laugh one day and think, oh, how cute, dad. You went to (laughs) Cal Poly, you know, and they reach for the stars. So in a lot of ways, we're exposing them to our life in a really comfortable way, exposing them to a life that's even beyond ours by saying that they have the right to be in it. I remember once I got a first class ticket for all of us by some mistake that the airline made. But I knew it was important. I was like, I'm gonna try to get these first class tickets so the kids can sit in first class. So I can't afford first class, but I wanted to ham it up in first class because again, exposure really helps your kids feel comfortable and feel like they belong. So I think we are doing very well. They live very comfortable lives. They do not want for anything or lack for anything, but I want them to see another world too. And I want them to be the kind of kids that think, we have two homes, our country home and our regular home. I don't know if you guys caught when Silvia said that, that she talked about has the two Latinas breaking into media. They were around the water cooler and mm-hmm. they couldn't relate to their coworkers that were talking about their home in Connecticut and their home in the city, right? And that yeah. stuck with me. And we had that conversation with Diego about like, we, we may not be those people, but it'd be really good if our kids then strive to be those people. If it makes them happy, not because of material things, but every generation reaches and strives for a little more. And so I just want to teach them to be good people, to be people who save. I want them to see wealth as money is nothing to be afraid of. You can have as much of it as you want. It's out there. It's there to make, but it's there to respect and to save and to take Mm -hmm. care of. And that they can be in any room, that they can sit in any restaurant, that they're worthy of any experience. Because if they do go off to this great college and they're dating someone that happens to have a summer home and a city home. And I want them to feel like they are worthy and they belong. Your parents didn't need to have that. You still belong. So it's a delicate Word. balance. It's, it's a weird balance, right? Vittle? Cause I want them to yeah. feel like they, they can have that. And I don't care if they look at me and be like, Oh, our parents are so cute. They just had one house. <laughs> like I did that to my mom or Diego did that to his parents and the, Oh, they were so cute and not cute in a condescending way. But it's like, when you don't know the world, you don't know the world. Cause now they was parents. You better believe it. They love the boiling crab. They're like, when are we going to go to Houston? You know, they, they, <laughs> also didn't know yes they didn't know they didn't know what they didn't know and so i want i think every generation is responsible for introducing the next generation to a new world to open them up my kids are going to introduce me to caviar and the finer things and the siesta okay but just growth Mm-hmm. growth no I, it's growth. just it, it's trippy because i think we want our children to see all that i know that for me like my first time i was exposed to like major money was when we worked the the uh oh, what is it called yeah. the fourth season the fourth season and we worked like at home you know incredible yes, yes. Yeah. So where there we are, like hand holding silver platters with like four drinks only. And if it had too much perspiration on it or too much of that condensation already on right. out of the glass, but I go replace, it. Go replace it. it. But I'm like, all these people that had so much money, I remember like walking into these homes and they're like, oh, you can host an event here. <gasps> people live Incredible. here. And then it, it, huge homes with the, and in my head, I was like, 
¿cómo limpian esta casa? Like, <laughs> you know, it's too big. Like, I'll be fine with my little house. It's like those things, you don't want to be afraid of it. Like, I remember driving home and like, people live like that. People actually live like that. They're catering to you. You're living in a million dollar home. Like, that is insane to me. But knowing that it exists, knowing that it's there, it you shouldn't be afraid of it. I didn't want to be afraid of it. I was like, well, it's good to know that people live like that. But damn, okay, this is how I live. Como where do hago. I see myself? Como yeah, hago. where do I see myself? Do I want to live in something like this? And for me, I'm like, okay, at least it, it really puts it puts a lot of things into perspective. But then it also helps you feel like, okay, I'm not any less than because I don't have it. Because you know, if you're if you have a strong foundation and you were you know you grew up well and you understand things and you know that not everyone has everything. And, uh, you know, timing, it's all your timing. You're still young, but you're realizing all these things. You're like, fuck, it's okay. I'll get there one day. If that's what I want, I will get there. It all depends. And like we said, what wealth looks like to you, because it could not, it doesn't necessarily have to be that $5 million home with a huge pool where you have, you know, people like myself holding your drinks in a silver <laughs> platter, you know, and my friend breaking her arm with that other platter that had a little appetizer on it, you know, it's, it's those things. It's like, it, it really, you have, it helps you define when you experience things, what you want for yourself. How do you see it for yourself? So you can't define your own success and or, or what success actually looks like for anybody else. You define your own success and what it means and what it looks like. And it's same thing with your wealth, but we're saying now it's making sure we establish the right things and have those, you know, establish the right things for ourselves so we can establish them for our children. And so that they understand that, yes, you know what, it doesn't, this, it doesn't matter what you do have now, what are you comfortable with and what do you want? And make sure that when you are exposed to things like that, because there will be people that you experience that you come, that will come into your life that have more than you can ever imagine. Douchebag. And and you should be able to hold your ground because it, that doesn't matter. That's material stuff. Who are you as a person? And just know that if that's what you want, then you're going to find a way to work towards that. But and don't be intimidated. Yeah, humble. don't be intimidated and stay humble and hustle. Much like what Irene was saying that she likes to expose her children. Like I, that's something that I've started. We've started to do with the girls because we, I for sure want them to, you know, experience new foods. Like they've had sushi. I didn't have sushi until you know Santa Barbara for sure. Yeah, so, estas, sushi Terry. A sushi Terry, yes. Yeah. New cultures, new foods, and we're very lucky that we live in a city that is super diverse. They've eaten like Yemeni food. They've eaten um, Thai food. Chinese food, de todo un poco, and they like it. So I definitely want to expose them. I remember a situation where we had dinner at uh, one of Luisa's professor's house. It was, we were married already, but it was before we had the girls. And I remember we had dinner and even his two kids were sitting at the table with us and they must have been, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, 16 at the most, two boys. And they were with us sitting at the table eating the same food we were eating and having a conversation with us using like big words vocabulary like I loved it and I I told Luis and I don't know if I said it there in front of the professor but I said I love your children they're so well educated they can carry on a conversation with us and I love you know they're and then they excused themselves like provecho se retiraron and I told Luis I'm like I love that. I want our girls to have that, to tengan esa educación, to be polite and to have and to, you know, sit at the table and be able to have those conversations. So, I mean, the girls eat with us. They they sit with us at the table and they eat pretty much the same thing that we eat. So that's, that's our way to kind of like expose them and make sure that they're sitting at the table with us. 
Yes. And with anyone else for that matter. Yeah. They belong at any table at any time. And like Vettel said earlier, wealth is what you define it as. So I know that my kids can see for themselves whatever they want. And maybe they see a cute little rundown trailer by the side of a river in some random Montana town. Cool. But maybe they see that house, Vettel, that we were serving at that was like, mm-hmm. I, I would take the guest house for the rest of my life and know I had <laughs> made it. I would have lived in that guest house and been happy in Montecito. Mm -hmm. So I just want them to have the spectrum and them to see wealth as not this thing to be scared of. And then this, and them to see people with wealth as not like these aliens or evil people. Cause you know, a lot of people, especially in Latino culture, it's like, Oh, money is the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees. There's this weird like relationship to money. And I don't want them to have a weird. Isn't it crazy that it's the root of all evil, but save your money, make sure you have some, make sure you have this. It's like, hold up. Yes. Yes, but it's like the the fact that we're so either so afraid of it or we just need it so much. It makes us so like we don't know what to do anymore. We yeah, mejor no mejor no tengo dinero. You know? <laughs> it's like no tengo dinero ni no, nada que dar. Yeah, it's the root so, of all evil, but don't like, give it to your husband. <laughs> yeah, don't give it to your husband. Hope make sure you hold on tight to it. Okay, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I think like Irene, my mom and your mom are very similar in that sense. Like be independent. Your mom, you know, became you know the head of household. And my mom was, you know, ran the house, even though my dad was the one working, you know, but she always said, hey, because the fact that my dad was, no nos faltaba nada, thankfully, no comida, the roof over our heads, all of that, um, or shoes on our feet, all that good stuff. My dad wasn't the kind of man that was like, here's 20 bucks for you, vieja, go buy yourself something. My dad would be like, you got everything you need, homie. I don't need to give you anything. So my mom's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm a woman. I need things. I I have my menstrual cycle. I have, you know, needs, whatever it is. You're, you know, you have, you need these things. I need crema for my face. I need my, something for my hair. You know, it's always something. So my mom's like, your dad wasn't the one giving me the money. So I slowly started trying to find ways to make money. So my mom, and she knew. So for me, she was like, you, and when she told me you have you have so much you're working so hard and nothing to show for it it wasn't as in like she was expecting me to have all these things but more of like be smart do you even have can you even show for it on your bank account are you saving money you know can you can you show me the receipts in that sense you know show me the receipts what are you doing with your money don't don't be dumb in the sense she's like don't work so hard to not have anything at the end and She's like, I get it. You want to go out and have fun. You want to have these things. But at the same time, she's like, what? That's not going to be always. You're not going to be young forever. If you're working this hard now and you're capable of doing it because you're, of your youth, take advantage of it. Sí, trabaja. Pero guárdate tu dinerito para cuando lo necesites, it's there. And because when you're older, you can't work as hard. You can't push your body that much. So just, she's like, just think about that. So those were wise words from her. And I know that she, when she meant nothing to show for it, it wasn't to talk shit to me. It was to kind of like, despiértate, mija. Like, you're not going to be young forever. Learn to save your money. It's fine. Have a good time. But always, you can always manage to put something aside because you never know. To the moms out there that you feel are putting pressure on you because, hey, you've been working and you have nothing to show for it. Be like, look, mom, this is what I'm doing. Sometimes we have to help our moms or our parents understand hey, step back. 
let me tell you, things have changed. Things are different. The way things work now are like this. This is a kind of job I do. Therefore, you know, I do have to break my back to do this. Or, you know, this is a job I do so I can chill and, and work from home and be in my desk and my computer. And, and it's not that I'm not doing anything. I'm not on Facebook. I'm, I'm working. So it's like helping them understand this is what I'm doing to improve our wealth. What you guys did for us was so much. Now this is my, my plans are to do this. I was just recently telling my mom. My dad was planting new fruit trees in my house. I think I've told you guys about this. My dad feels like he manda aquí también. He planted three new banana trees. And I was like, dad, don't plant so many trees because I'm more than likely going to be selling this home soon because I need more space. My family's growing. And my mom heard that I, you know, my what I was telling my dad. And she's like, ¿Cómo que vas a vender tu casa? And she said, tu casa. I think I've talked about this too before, right? With you guys. Es tu casa. It's your que... house. Yeah, it's tu casa. You've invested so much in it and you're just going to let it go. I'm like, I'm not letting it go, mom. I'm slowly building my wealth. You know, I'm like, I bought this house not with the intention of keeping it forever. The plan was to eventually sell it or if I could possibly rent it, great, and buy a new home, that'd be great. But things sped up. My plan sped up. I was already thinking I wasn't going to be a mom. And now here I am three kids later, three, three years later. I'm like, so things have changed for me. I've had to adjust my plans. I unfortunately lost my job where I was planning to go back to. And things just work differently, mom. Like you have to adapt. You have to adapt to the times. And now my house, in a sense, thank God I have it. And I can use it toward buying my next home, which will be able to hold my entire family and not feel like we're crammed. I want you to feel comfortable when you come to my house and not feel that you, you're like, oh, I get this order then because nothing fits in here because it's two adults, three kids, and we're trying to have you over, family over, you know, cabemos. So I'm like, it's okay to let that go. We're not attached to the, these things. But the reason of holding this first little house was to be able to buy the next house, which could possibly be my dream home. And then from that point on, work on a way to continue to grow that wealth. But she didn't understand that. She was like, how can you let it go? You're supposed to pay off your house. I'm like, no, mom, I'm using it now as a way to my next home, which might be like what we need, my last home. But I could probably buy more property later. Who knows? It's just having them understand how things work now and having taking that little moment for them to really hear you out makes a difference. Things have changed. You yeah. know, our parents did that. They owned their homes free and clear for many years, but things have definitely changed. Well, with that, ladies, las dejamos. It's, uh, we're going to wrap up. But if you want to continue this conversation, talking about what wealth looks like for Latinas, what it actually looks like for you, hit us up. Send us an email. Our email is admin at levelloflatina.com. And you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook. And our handle is at levelloflatina. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, if there's any conversation or topic you'd like to have with us, please hit us up. We'll be glad, glad, glad to chit chat with you and chop it up and bring it up on our next podcast. But with that, we leave you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Gracias. Y con eso las dejamos. Gracias. Gracias. Don't forget Gracias. to love. And health is wealth. Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.